Hi, welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast, where every mom can find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. You'll hear interviews with all kinds of moms who are learning how to navigate motherhood. Most of all, you'll learn that you have a partner in motherhood, a loving Heavenly Father who wants you to succeed and is always there to help you in your most important work as a mother. And now, here's your host, my mom, Dara Trendler. Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast. This is Darla, and I am excited to welcome my guest today. Her name is Cammie Bowker, and she is a mom just like all of us, but she's done some pretty amazing things, and I'm excited to share her story with you. So let me give you a little background about Cammie. She's an experienced educator with a degree from the University of Washington and Stanford with an emphasis on education, and she is the founder of the world-class nonprofit organization, Global Education Philanthropists, or Global EP for short, and Global EP strategically fights human trafficking through education. Educating communities both near and far is at the heart of the organization, and Global EP works to provide community members with education and resources to safeguard their own families from the world's fastest growing crime. Um, Her organization is passionate about hands-on fight with human trafficking and works closely with extraction teams and providing aftercare support to survivors. Educational support offered for survivors worldwide focuses on principles of self-reliance, vocational trade training, and healing. And she has lots of opportunities to volunteer and to help with her organization that she will tell us about at the end. But right now, I just want to welcome Cammie to the podcast. Thank you, Cammie, for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm just a regular old mom. I'm a teacher. I'm not a teacher anymore. Um, I stopped teaching to help kids um, worldwide be saved from, and families actually be saved from the largest threat that's at our, and um, that's at our families right now. That's at our communities that we don't even realize is there. So uh, I think a lot of times when people in America think of human trafficking, they think that happens in a distant land. That happens yeah. in Haiti, that happens in Dominican Republic, that happens in Thailand or the Philippines or Cambodia or some Africa or some other faraway place. It's happening here. I, uh, it happens in Utah. It happens in Washington State. It happens where I'm from. It happens in all over the America. And it ha- actually happens, um, it's worse here. So I initially started this organization with the, at the heart of it being that I would build schools internationally and get kids some of the resources that I saw my children getting in my classroom um, that I knew in third world countries, they just didn't have. Right. So I actually first initially went to Haiti and helped at the school there. Um, it's called the Haitian American caucus. And a lot of the students that were there that I was helping to bring resources to those teachers, a lot of those students that attended had been victims of sex trafficking. Um, I could not get that out of my mind that they had had this monstrosity happen in their lives. So I started doing some more research and I spent the first couple of years, well, the first year or so after founding um, Global EP, I spent that year going back and forth from Haiti to to America, Haiti to America, and trying to integrate back into our first world problems um, and under, just thinking about these kids' stories. And then I went to Dominican Republic, started helping in education over there so uh, I could help those that were suffering. This, the kids that I met initially in Haiti were sex trafficked in the Dominican Republic. And so I knew that I wanted to go see what was going on. I'm <laughs> kind of like, how can I help fix this issue? Um, or just even how can I get them education so they can help themselves, really? And um, I spent quite a while just going back and forth from America over to the, to the Dominican, then coming back and then going over to Haiti and bringing resources to schools. 
and bringing educational tools, building STEM labs, um, training teachers on how to teach better because that's what I was doing in the U.S. So I would just do that same thing over there. Um, well, about two years ago, a friend of mine came to me and said, my daughter was trafficked. She's now my friend. At the time, she was a stranger and asked if I would help um, spread awareness so they could raise money for a fundraiser um, and, and the anniversary of her daughter's um, being, you know, she was found. So I ended up finding out more as she opened up to me and told me her daughter's story. And I realized that her daughter's story could have happened to any of my kids. You know, she came from a perfectly loving family. The daughter got mad at her. This was someone that lives in America. Yes. Right. Okay. Lives in Utah. In Utah. Okay. And she, her daughter, <laughs> her daughter got mad at her just like any of our teenagers should do or can do if you're doing it right. And <laughs> yes, I would got, agree with um, that. <laughs> she got mad at her mom and, um, she was already dealing with some other things as, you know, being a teenager, we all, it's always hard, but, and she went to Las Vegas with her friends and then ended up getting picked up by traffickers. Luckily, wow. by the grace of Heavenly Father, she was found. That doesn't always happen and not very often. Less than 3% of missing or kids that get into trafficking or people um, that are missing and taken by traffickers are ever found. Wow. So that was just a miraculous thing. But as I started to see her story and I got to meet more people in America and Utah, and now I have, you know, a network of people throughout the you know, country um, that share stories and survivors that we help. But at first I was so shocked by her first story, like, oh my gosh, this happens in America. Uh, now I am very integrated with the survivors and help them get to education that they need and trades that, you know, vocational trades, I think are huge support mental health. So we have um, a strategic, our strategic fight against human trafficking is through education. We educate communities. I do speaking engagements. Um, I do community events so that families can know, schools can know um, on how to actually safeguard their families. They don't know what they don't know, right? right. So there's threats online. 80% of the kids that are missing are groomed online first and parents are like, what? Um, people ask me sometimes when I'm giving my speaking engagements, say, hey, well, okay, what does it look like? And I tell them, trafficking in your town, in your neighborhood today looks like your kid sitting next to you on their phone or their iPad or playing PlayStation and you not knowing what's going on on the other side. Or they've made such good friends with the person that's on the other side that's grooming them, or they think it's a friend, that you don't understand the grooming process is happening in your house. I promise you it's happening in every single one of your neighborhoods, every single one of your kids' schools. Um, the root of the problem, of course, is pornography. You know, the pornography um, industry targets age of six. So when the reason why I bring up pornography every time is because usually when these um, perpetrators or predators, whatever the word you want to use, are seeking sex with a child or a young person under age, or um, it's they usually... Well, thousand percent of the time in my book, I, I believe, yeah. uh, but they will state out loud. I started with pornography so many years ago and then that wasn't good enough and that wasn't good enough. And so they would uh, make moves or do things that their brain wouldn't usually do, but pornography changes the makeup of the brain. So when my friend the way back told me, Hey, my friend was, or, you know, my daughter was trafficked here. Can you help? I ended up going with her and I met with the FBI and I said, Oh my gosh, is this happening in my town? What do, what do we do as parents? And the FBI said, no, your kid's logins. And I was like, okay. Because had they known her login to her Facebook and her location services were turned on on Facebook, they could find her. Oh, um, yeah. And so that kind of, it sat well with me. Yeah, so that's a, that's a big one. But I wanted to do more. 
So I spent, you know, a long while just scouring the internet, looking for companies that would help truly, truly filter and stop language, behaviors, um, and scary things that could get to our kids. Disney Circle had a thing and they ended up taking their name off of it. So it's just called Circle now because their filtering system didn't really work as well as they wanted it to. Uh, so now I've actually partnered with a company. It was in Deseret Book. It's called, or it is in Deseret Book. It used to be called Router Limits. Now it's called the Cleaner Net. So there, this guy that his name is Brandon Hart, the founder of that or the owner. Him and I got together. He he, it's his company, but he donates fifteen percent of his sales to our organization to help fight child trafficking because he's seen that what's going on with the pornography, and so the Cleaner Net filters pornography off of your PlayStation, your Xbox, your kids' device. If anyone comes on in your house and uses your network, they just can't access it. Um, they can make different restrictions. You can get porn on Pinterest. I mean, so if anything else, just not YouTube, you know, it'll only do YouTube safe search. So the, any, there's a lot of different cool things it does. But I can personally tell you, I have it for my kids and it's just another shield. You still have to be a parent. You still have to talk to them about these things. You have to talk about if something scary comes on your screen, maybe not even scary anymore. Since the target age is so young, that things that you and I probably have never seen, our kids are exposed to. So going to school, one kid shows them the screen and it's people with no clothes on constantly. So maybe it's not scary anymore and they don't even think about it. And in Roblox, Fortnite, they've got, you know, the hackers are in some of the number one ways. TikTok is awful. If your kids have that app, on the cleaner net, I just don't allow my kids to get it on their their devices. So... um, educate yourself parents moms know it happens in perfectly good families it doesn't mean something's wrong if your your child ends up talking to somebody let them talk to you so what's happening is they're we'll talk to someone get groomed and then they'll get asked for like a picture right a sexy picture or something then the kids get so blackmailed so embarrassed that someone's going to find out that the traffickers can literally manipulate them to commit suicide to go get money from their families to get in the car with them anything but they'll spend a long time grooming could take a week it could take a year by the time they make a relationship with this person they're convinced that that's their friend so you know when moms this is another thing i would beg from my soul moms to not go hey so and so has a soccer game at here and our family's going to be there and then we go to this school and then we go to that school this is where we're going to be and it's really do not post those things online you know when i was growing up it was like don't talk to the creepy guy in the van yeah at the park you know, that's like, okay i'm gonna run see his yeah. puppy or have some candy yeah, exactly or well now the creepy guy in the van is on the other side of all of our kids' screens and every screen i just do mean every screen and right. at any given minute there's five hundred thousand people trying to get to your child we have to talk about them I mean, that's where it has to start is talking about it but it can't just come from a mom like sometimes the kids are like okay mom whatever right this is my friend but you need to open the conversations go to homeland security's website go to our website globallyp.org Go to fightthenewdrug.org. They've got an awesome docu-series on there. We love them. We support them. Go to thecleanernet.com. Buy a filtering system for your family. Buy them for your friends. That's what my family got for Christmas. Just start to have these conversations so that they know that it's real. So should something happen that just doesn't feel right, they feel comfortable saying something to you. I love that. That that is all such great things because it is happening everywhere and we may not know it. So I want to talk more about that and about your organization and what you're doing, but I want to, I want to back up for just a second because this is, this is what is so intriguing to me. So you said you had your friend who, um, had a daughter that got caught up in trafficking and fortunately was, was rescued and you met with the FBI. Like, what was your next step? Like, 
how did you know I'm going to, I'm going to start doing this? I mean, you would already had the experience trying to build schools. And so you had a little connection there, but like, really, what is it about you, Cammie, that you're like, I'm going to do something about this. Cause I know plenty of moms are probably going, that's a terrible problem, but that's like someone else is going to take care of that. I know so many people, yeah. I'm one of them. I mean, I'm just going to say that. So what is it about you that you knew that you could make a difference and that you, you needed to do something? How did you know that? Well, I always tell people, if you'd have told me five years ago, I wasn't going to be teaching STEM in a classroom, but instead I'd be helping find bad guys and missing kids. I would have thought you were absolutely out of your mind. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever knew that I would ever, uh, I don't know. I don't think I still do realize that we're having an impact, but then I stop, look at the people we helped this far and realize, wow, we've really done a lot of good. I just, I'm always been a person that realizes, Hey, how can I fix it? That's why I kept going back to <laughs> Haiti how can I fix it? Like, I'm going to change it all, which it's never going to happen. Tra trafficking is a huge problem. Um, it's the fastest growing crime. Um, but I realized through my years of teaching school that if you could teach a child, one, that they matter, and two, that they're a child of God, that that can move mountains. And so I realized as I did work throughout villages, throughout Haiti and the DR and refugee camps, just understanding that we have a divine purpose, that we are eternal, and that they matter. Um, I use that concept throughout my teaching in the you know regular classroom, but that's when I noticed the most change in my students and and the most change in the kids, even in the villages. And these moms that have been trafficked, that have sometimes sold their kids accidentally to traffickers. But no matter what, God still loves you, and you're never ever ever going to be away from His presence. That it's never too late, just to come back to Him, and He'll help you back. So that's kind of the approach I've always taken. And then. I didn't choose this. It chose me. <laughs> <laughs> it like, sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get to choose it. It chose me. And some of the scenarios I've been in in the, in the U.S. Um, and the survivors I've helped and the kids I've helped get out and the, the education, the families I've been able to help. It's like they come to me and it's like God's doing it all. So I don't know. I don't know what it is about me. He thinks I can do, but we're just going to keep praying for inspiration along the way uh, and connect people with help. I love that because he gave you gifts and talents and abilities and spiritual gifts for a reason. And you're tapped into that and you're using them to help other people. And I think that's amazing. Have there been experiences along this journey of, you know, saying I'm going to build schools and I'm going to help end human trafficking and I'm going to educate people so that they don't ever get caught up in it. Have there been any experiences along the way where you've just felt God guiding you or any spiritual experiences? Oh, in that absolutely. Way? Like even when I started this um, organization, I'd always felt in my, in my mind, that in my heart, that as a teacher, I wanted to have an international, I wanted to do it internationally with Starfire Schools. Um, but then I got cancer five years ago and that was really scary. It made me realize, hey, our time here is super temporary. It really, really is. And um, after I went through surgery and we figured out they got all the cancer, which was so awesome. Um, I went to the Price is Right and won a, won, won a couple trips on the Price is Right. Are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm not joking you, man. Oh, that like is I just, awesome. So anyways, I went with some girlfriends. And as I'm sitting um, on the beach with my husband for one of the trips that I won on the Price is Right, <laughs> um, I was sitting there watching these cute little boys on the beach. You know how they come up and they sell chiclets to, for, to you uh -huh. um, in Mexico? Yeah. And I just was watching these sweet children and they're just so beautiful. 
and they were just kind of thinking about their life over the week. And I ended up going to one village school off the beaten path up yonder far away. And I just can't even help it. I just love school so much. And I was looking at this little school in a village, Mexico and village, village, Mexican village. And I realized like, wow, where I'm going to go, you know, get back on the plane and go back to my classroom. And there's so many, so many resources, so many supplies. And these kids are sharing pencils in a dirt floor, you know? So then I went um, sitting on the beach that week. So I went to that at the beginning of our trip. And so the rest of the week, my husband and I just did activities sat on the beach and I sat with my journal and just was just meditating and praying one morning, kind of alone, just outside of our hotel room. And I'm just like, heavenly father, what do you want me to do? Like, how can I help? What, what, what do I want to do throughout my rest of my life? Like, what if the cancer comes back? What if it's, what if I die tomorrow? What if I die in a thousand years? I don't know, but I want to make sure the time I do have here is potent. <laughs> I want to do what you want. And I heard as loud as I'm talking to you, a voice say, I gave you a second chance. Don't waste it. And I'm like, all right, noted. And so I sat there for a few days on the beach and wrote out my soul onto a spiral notebook and what I wanted to do. And I had no idea that human trafficking was even a, a thing at that, at that point in my life. And so I came home and I found the most phenomenal attorney. His name's Travis Sigmiller. He's been noted as one of the world's most philanthropic attorneys. Um, and he's actually my legislator for the district in which I live. And he helped me organize our 501c3 status, but also connected with me with this orphanage and school in Haiti that I got started in. So ever since I started this organization, so I come back from Mexico, go right to an attorney's office, literally the next day, he um, welcomes me. He never has appointments open. It was just a fluke, obviously not a fluke, but. So you didn't know him before? no. I asked a friend if he knows any, any uh, really amazing attorneys in town, because if I can do this, I'm just going to pour everything I have into it, but I need it to be legally and, you know, set up properly. So I went in there to say, can this something just like some lady can do? Can I really go internationally and like build schools and stuff? Or is there international laws that'll say, no, you're not allowed. And I said, I just really want kids everywhere to be reading books <laughs> and to have the stuff and to like go build libraries. Like, so kids can learn how to read it because the literacy rates are so low. And he said, wow, I cannot believe you're in my office. And I'm like, what's up? And we're sitting in a boardroom with all these fancy attorneys. And I'm still like on vacation mode slash like, here's my heart and soul on a dirty notebook. Like, ah. so he said, I can't believe you're in my office. I got a call today from a guy that used to uh, be in the bishopric with me in Washington, DC. He said, Hey, we, he was the president of the board of this orphanage. He said, we have these kids here that sometimes never get adopted. You know, it, the process is lengthy in our country. And, and if you know anyone along your travels that could come bring us some books or resources or anything, at least when they're sitting here for their whole life, they can have stuff. And so all of us just sat at that board table and we're like, what are you saying? Like, it was so obviously God created that whole conversation, all the pieces to lead up to it. And so since we were all sitting there with chills, we realized this must have been ordained of God to happen. So I actually called the guy he referred me to and I jumped on a plane by myself in pure faith and I flew to Haiti. Don't do that. Don't anybody else ever do that. It's a terrible idea. I, I love, I love the fearless, like faith that you had, like you're, there was no fear. You were totally faithful and bold and just did what you felt like you should do. I think that is such a great example. I love it. Oh, thanks. I do remember landing in Haiti and then going, oh my gosh, what have I done? Um, 
hello, I don't even know what to do. Right. And so I found a guest house that was just an amazing gal. And um, she's an LDS mom too. She's amazing. She's from, um, from Provo, from Provo. She has a house there. So, but I still was really freaked out. Like, oh my gosh, I jumped on the plane. I'm here now. Now I'm scared again. So I was sitting in a bunk bed and in, in, in a mosquito net the first night there. And I just bawled from my soul. I was like, what have I done? I can't leave this house. I'm by myself. I'm so scared. And I just prayed to Heavenly Father, like, help me. Seriously. I know you're here with me for, for a fact, because that's the only way all this lined up, but I'm terrified. Like I'm truly mm-hmm. scared with all my heart and soul. And so then I, this is like middle of the night, cry, crying, praying type of thing. And so then I like, okay, so I Google search like positive experiences in Haiti. Cause if you Google search Haiti, you're going to get all the opposite. And I couldn't find much of good things, you know, now I could just tell you it's my favorite place in the world. But at the time I was just like, all right, the internet's not going to work. And so I literally had to open the scriptures and be like, okay, calm down. And like, it's just literally, I'm here with you. I lay you this far. I'm not going to lead you astray. And it's pretty much been that constant feeling that I felt that night of like, maybe not so much as crying from the depths of my soul, but I just get one little step at a time. Who needs my help one day at a time? And it always works. I didn't know that the next morning after that, like totally gut cry, I was going to walk into an orphanage that changed my life forever. I walked through the gate, the front doors of that orphanage and there's 200 crying babies that are all baby not when I say babies I mean kids under 18 right from 18 all the way down to babies that all needed a mom they all needed just someone to hold them give them attention and read them a story and I have not ever looked back because that one experience changed me so deeply and now I want to do this forever until I die (laughs) you're an inspiration and I know that not everybody is going to go out and you know, start a foundation like you did and, and do something like that. But everybody, I think everybody has something they feel called to do and you know, that God is guiding them to do. And you're such a great example of, you didn't know the end, like you didn't know how this was all going to work out, but you knew one thing and you did it. And then you knew the next thing and you did it. I think that's a great pattern that someone could follow. What advice would you give to someone who's just feeling called to, to make a difference? I mean, what would be, what would you tell them? Well, I did have an author. So we have four books. So go on Amazon. The first ones, they're seen, lost, caged, and lured. And these authors came to me with this same question. Hey, we, they took stories from us. You can get them on Amazon. Okay. So these are stories about people that have been rescued? People that have been trafficked in America with real life stories that could be similar to our own families. So they went and listened to like um, a talk on, someone was talking about human trafficking. And at the end, they felt like we don't know what to do, but we feel called to do something. And so I would have the same call to action. Anyone that feels, even if you don't have a clear vision of what it is, we're all given talents. Now, I, there's no way in heaven's green earth I could write a book, but they did it and it's phenomenal and they're really amazing and our t- teenagers should read them. I feel like everyone has a role to play in our, you know, we were divinely mm-hmm. in, you know, created. So just make that first step. It's true. If you had told me in the beginning, if Travis that day would have said, Hey, I have this guy in Haiti and you're going to end up knowing that all these kids were sex trafficked. And then this, this is, I would have been like, forget it. Maybe the Lord is protecting us a little bit by not telling us the whole story. I think so. And I still don't know how it ends. We, we have huge goals and plans and it's just like, okay, I've seen miracle after miracle after miracle from just taking that first step. The first step was marching and going, I want to do this. What can I do? So just taking that first step and know if he's led you to it, he'll lead you through it. Yeah, I totally, I've seen that in my own life and not in such a dramatic fashion as you have, but 
I have, I have found, and I've said this several times on my podcast, so people have heard this before, but when I act, I feel power. And when I stand still, I feel doubt. Like that's, that's so true. That's how it works. So if you, if you know you're supposed to do something, then just act, take one step and, the, and then you'll know that you'll know more. I think your story illustrates that beautifully. So what if, what if someone's sitting there and saying, I want to, I want to help with human trafficking. You have so many ways that people I can do. help. So tell us, tell us about some of those. Yeah. So I'll start with the premises of, you know, there's organization, there's so many organizations in the fight. So I've said some things that are kind of like bad news, like, oh my gosh, all these scary things. But the good news is there's people like you and other people that want to help. So what we do at Global Education Philanthropist is we strategically fight human trafficking through education. They've found that $1 worth of money that goes towards a rescue is worth $30 that's raised for education. So think about that. We can rescue mm. the same kids seven to 15 times. The power comes in educating them to never get there, educating parents and empowering them with their own tools so that they can safeguard their families. And then once they do get out, getting them to the proper education so that they don't go back those seven to you know 15 right. times. So if people want to get involved, go to globalep.org. Um, I also want to give people an opportunity to have a hands-on approach. So we always need rescue packs gathered. The supplies that are needed should be listed on our website. But what we're able to do with these outreach backpacks is do outreach missions and gather intel with extraction teams where they can get eyes on traffickers, penetrate the networks with the approach of love. So we bring in, um, like, for example, I was in the tunnels in Vegas a couple weeks ago doing outreach mission, an outreach mission. And we were able to look for missing children, get... Um, and eyes on, get eyes on people that are key assets in closing cases and getting prosecution for these traffickers and justice for the children. So we always constantly need rescue packs gathered. I have friends that sometimes they're, you know, I've had kids with their Eagle Project just show up at my door. I'm like, hi, I did this for my Eagle Project. I drop off 50 backpacks. It's like, oh, that's awesome. all right, let's go out. Um, and then internationally, people can get involved if you want to travel with us. We do international humanitarian aid expeditions. And you can come with us to these aftercare centers, to the orphanages, and work, teach, or just hold orphans <laughs> and help. Uh, we actually use the Church of Self-Reliance program as our curriculum uh, for most that. of the reason because I know that it, I know that it works. Um, they don't have to be able to read. They can get it read to them, or they can watch the videos that go with it, and they're really simple. And we can administer the lessons in what, the week that our volunteers are there. So travel with us collect backpacks or join our 2020 campaign. So we're doing 2020, 20 bucks. So either 20 bucks once or three ninety nine a month, we have a goal of getting 1500 um, subscribers to that $3.99 in the month of January, because it is January um, is trafficking awareness month. I was going to mention that. Yeah. I totally forgot. Yes. It's tra trafficking awareness month. So here's something that's really simple that people can do. Yeah. And then go to our Facebook page and share our campaign, share our stuff just so the way people the way people can help is share our stuff join our campaign or or travel with us and it's all on globalep.org or our facebook handle is really long global education philanthropists and um same thing on instagram great well we can everyone can go to spiritualmindedmom.com to the show notes and i will link all of that up so that everyone can know exactly where to go to to find out how they can help and help your amazing yes. organization and all of the great work that you're doing to prevent 
trafficking to educate people um, to rescue those who have already been caught up in it. Um, I just, I think you're doing amazing things and I am so happy to be able to help in this very small way to shed some light on that and, and give people a place to go. So thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I always, this has gone by fast, but I've loved talking to you. You're, you're very inspiring. And, um, I know your story is going to help somebody else. So thank you so much for coming on, but I do have one final question for you that I asked. Oh, Oh, you're welcome. I asked this at the end of every episode, but how have you seen and felt your heavenly parents helping you in motherhood and in your fight against human trafficking? Well, first thing that comes to mind is think about the minute a baby's born. You've had, you've given birth. I've given birth. Not all moms have to be, have given birth, but personally mm-hmm. I have. That moment where you feel heaven come into the room, right? I know that my heavenly parents are there and the love that you feel for your babies at that time is just an unsurmountable, right? And that never really goes away. So we're born, I, I feel like we're born into this world perfect. Our light is perfect. They come into this world perfect as you and I both did, but along the way, everybody has a story. So as it's, I've seen, as I've traveled through multiple different countries and multiple, multiple different cities, I just have a way, I just want to see the light in everybody. And I can feel the spirit guide me to who needs to know that they're a child of God. So what I always um, remember is my buddy Eros said this and he always says it and it sticks with me. We are in our fight against human trafficking. We're just witnessing broken sons and daughters of God breaking other sons and daughters of God. Mm. They all need to know that they are sons and daughters of God. And that is my hope is that with teaching them, maybe if they don't have the same belief that I have, but understand that there's a higher power, especially in different countries, that they are divine, that they matter to Heavenly Father, that they can find a little bit of that light again that they were initially born with. So I see it uh, even on Thanksgiving, I handed a dinner to two traffickers and I could feel heavenly father helping me saying, those are my kids, even though there's been monstrosities happen, they have their story. So I've seen it. I've seen heavenly father. I've seen him, not him, but I felt him with me. I felt the spirit guide me to where I'm supposed to go and to let go of any judgment because it's not my place to put it there and to just help his other kids. And I really, truly feel like anything God gives us is not for us. It's literally because he trusts us to help his other kids with it. That's why we were born in America and not in Haiti or here or there. He puts you where you're supposed to because he trusts that what you're given, you're going to use to bless other, his other kids. That is so beautiful. I, I love that. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing about your mission and Um, I just really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Cammie. Thank you for having me. I know you have a million things to do, and I'm grateful you took the time to listen to today's podcast. I hope the episode helped you to know God is your partner in motherhood. For show notes, head over to spirituallymindedmom.com. For more motherhood inspiration, follow along on Instagram, at spirituallymindedmom. And if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend. I would love it if you would leave a review and rate it on iTunes. This helps more moms to find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. Have an amazing day, and remember, you are doing God's work, and you are doing it wonderfully well.